because karma is good. Like if you if you helped Carol get put on and she gets a $60,000 raise and move, gets to move back to San Francisco where her family is, that's just putting good into the world. So four D's, motherfuckers. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. So this is a time where I think you just kind of go really selfish and ask your direct question. So. So I'll start. So, you know, we're in the training manual space, documentation, SOPs. Yep. And the biggest problem we have is messaging and how to make it urgent. Because small businesses want to do anything but sit down and just write out all their, their processes. And I feel like a chameleon with the elevator pitch and trying to describe what we do. Um, so, so I'm curious on how you would hone in on a, on a message around why a business needs a playbook or how do you create urgency? Um, so it might not be urgency, so let's start with that, but one more time, because I want to really understand. You're telling an SMB that they should sit down and create a manual? Or crowdsource it with all their people, so that all their policies, processes are in one place, and they're training their new hires the same way, and as they grow, everyone's doing things. And you want all that information to sit on your platform? Yeah. As a SaaS business? Yes. Understood. So I don't. I don't think you should make. It's not about urgency. I think it's about money. I think the way you'll get SMBs to really come in if your message is, I, the, one of the biggest reasons I'm really good at SMB marketing, is because my dad is like the cliche, textbook central casting, of like an SMB. Everything's defense. Everything's like short-term ROI. It's why they're not getting tricked into lower funnel. It's just lower funnel is what they do. SMBs don't build brand. They're in the sales business. Everything is short-term. It's the nature of the beast. Um, so I, I love these questions because it's so easy for me to go into my head and be like, what would get my dad to do this? <laughs> he would never sit down and do it on theory. Yeah. He would definitely not do it because it was good for his employees. He wouldn't. It's just not what he is. He would definitely do it if I could convince him that he's wasting $8,340 a year because that's how many hours are being wasted on managers training people that they could be doing in selling. You need to turn this into a financial thing. You make one fucking smart video that shows like humans equal money and they waste time because they're telling Rick what to, like you just paint them the scenario. Like you walk into a liquor store, let's use that one, and you go, hey, do your managers train your new, how do your new people come on? Well, they just fucking, we throw them into the wild. And do your, like, do they make mistakes and wrong stickers are put on things and you lose money? Yep. And do like your, do sometimes your manager have to ring up people at the register because they didn't know what to do at the register? Mm-hmm. I'm like, do you understand how much that's actually worth? If you take your average manager who makes 65,000 a year and you take 89 hours a month and then you have to make this binary math. It's an ROI thing. ROI thing. How much does your product cost? It starts at 99 a month. Perfect. You need to basically convince all of them that they're wasting 200 bucks a month and that you're, <laughs> and you're gonna give them back 100 bucks. It will kill. Okay. Money in the bank. Okay. I don't know if I've been more confident of a piece of advice in 4Ds since we started it. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm that confident. SMBs are binarily on short-term economics if you tell them, you pay me a hundred bucks, what they're very bad at is hidden costs. Small businesses are bad at hidden costs. They're, they're too binary. They don't see the bigger picture, and this is obviously generalizing, but it's very cliche, especially when you come from zero. Cash is king, you're looking at it. And you're not saying like, you know, Straight ROI conversation. Yep. Okay. They just don't want to give you 100 bucks a month for something that's not going to be used. Yeah. You got to convince them that they're wasting 400 bucks a month on hidden fees, on hidden costs that your thing solves for. Yeah. Okay. Like literally every one of them is training through osmosis, which is taking time out of experienced workers to just teach the new kid what to do instead of the new kid spending a week fucking, do you understand? Yeah. Totally. Okay, the other thing we're dealing with is um, I've done a lot of the content as just kind of a personal brand and we're, we, we hired a content manager, we hired a video producer, but we're kind of unsure on what to create content around. Is it the business or is it me? And how do we you know, divide that? 
you need to build the content around common day problems of SMBs. Through our company channel? Both will work. Those are both, I'm agnostic to that. Okay. You, if you start an entire series of did you know for SMBs, you need them to watch it. Yeah. I need them to, so just any kind of content. The reason for all of us to do content is to have somebody watch it to then create an opportunity, whatever that may be, right? I'm secretly trying to crowdsource buying the New York Jets. You know, you may want to get more people on your SaaS product. So I think that the place where people spend a lot of time on is the equipment, the lighting, the debate of personal brand versus logo, and what the only thing that matters is make shit that people want to watch that you want to talk to. Right, that makes a lot of sense for you. It's why, it's what you did. It's how, it's why, it's why it may seem unique when you tell it for them, the audience, but I so understand it. Because when you scratch your own itch and your itch is your community, it's just perpetual. Yeah. Right? It's how you stumble into your thing. You were doing this and like, you know, and so your job is to make the best content in the world for small businesses. Okay. Right? You know, like, how to hire your spa- your it's, family it's member. Broad, like, 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 yeah. Not about documentation. Definitely not about documentation. Okay. That's the curveball. Okay. Got it? Yeah. Documentation is selfish. Making a video where you interview somebody who teaches people how to fire relatives is thinking about small businesses. <laughs> right? Right? That's what small businesses, that's one of the biggest issues every SMB has in the world right now. How do I fire my loser cousin? My fucked up aunt. My, you know, how do, you know? Yeah. How do I limit my grandfather's yelling at me? Like it's, it's human stuff. Yeah. You become that. That's what I always talk about. Be the media company. And, you know, don't make content that's literal to you. Okay. One of the challenges we were talking to Russ about a little bit was just the, um, what has allowed us to scale this far is just what direct response ads on Facebook and Instagram. Makes sense. And, uh, and so we have gotten really good at identifying the pain, the solution, here's the product. It's good. But we haven't put too much into the, the building the brand equity around the content like what you're talking about. And that's what you want to do because it's going to get your CAC and your LTV numbers in a much better place over time, especially when all the, what happens next to this whole Gary Vee era where a lot of people have won off of the thesis is every, enough money comes in where the ads don't work anymore. That's what happens next. Let me tell you what 2022 is going to be about. Everybody that plays, that's why I'm glad you're here. You know, you know, cause you're gonna go, you're gonna take advantage of the pay. That's why I'm glad you're here. You're taking advantage of the pay and you need to build brand. You guys are in the opposite spectrum. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have both, you become vulnerable. Vulnerable. You don't get the max upside. Right. You can be more like, you know, you know, I think a lot about like how I, I've been thinking a lot about how I talk. Like vulnerable isn't you go out of business. Vulnerable is like, you don't keep growing. And when you don't keep growing, things could happen. Maybe you're spending too much in your lifestyle based on how your business is and all of a sudden it stops growing, then you actually become vulnerable. Those are things I think about. But yeah, you have to build brand. I'm curious, in scaling so fast in your business, how did you make sure the knowledge transfer happens? Osmosis. Okay, so that's how it's... Yeah, so like, you know, like, I, like I am not as comfortable, like, my whole company wants to use your product except for me because I'm an entrepreneur and I'm SMB. Yeah. That's why I know what you need to do. I'm real tricky for you because I don't care about money either. But most do. <laughs> so it's okay that I'm all the way over here. Yeah. I'm not going to be the guy, but like for the SMB that doesn't want to do it in the, the proper way and wants osmosis, she or he will take you up on, I will save you $4,000. Here's how. You are wa- and by the way, we wasted enormous time on senior people training people through osmosis. And, and where we started evolving into more products like you is I started realizing, wait a minute, not everybody learns like me. So I got these and F's. And so maybe we do need stuff like this in place. Mm-hmm. How, do you think that, have you seen B2B SaaS products leverage influencers and celebrities and that sort of thing? They will. Way? They will. Okay. Sure. And is there some? Of course, GoDaddy ran Super Bowl commercials, yeah. right? You know, of course. Okay. Mail, so that's, that's been another t- Mailchimp, you know, like, like a lot, lot of these like less expensive, like your products. 
like with, with our marketing, what when we really started to take off, it was like the ads we were running were, were just the two of us walking and talking on the street, running. Keep doing ads. And we got to a point where we were like we tripled our team. Yep. And felt like we should be producing higher, more production. And I it didn't. I, care I, yeah, well. it, it didn't. It didn't go as well. So just keep it raw. Keep it valuable. It's not about raw. It's about valuable. Star Wars is valuable. I go into a theater, I escape from my real life for three hours. Like, it's escapism. You guys doing high production is not escapism. Keep it valuable. You made a commercial, you know, potentially. Yeah, like, people think raw production, I think value, not value. Making a video that looks great, but it's just there for you to get a sale is less valuable to the other person on the other end. Right. You guys shooting the shit and actually talking about real shit clearly was more valuable. Yeah. Another thing we just did, it was kind of a test, but it felt like cheap attention, and it was uh, getting banner ads in the, our air, in the airport for in the concourse. Yeah. Um, we don't have a campaign strategy yet, but if you were trying to target SMB business travelers in an airport, is there like a call to action or? I would do. I would do. I would do in that scenario, which I like real life, like media, like if it's underpriced. I like the idea of going literal. Are you a small business? Do you have a business problem? Text us and put a phone number. You collect the data. I like that. Huh. I would do that. <laughs> okay. You get first party data. You can call them. You can see it through. You can see how it's working. Direct response text. Maybe you make a maybe you make a funny little asterisk and be like, "We will not save your information." Maybe you show a picture of yourself, like you know, so you can play. Hmm. Let me bounce around. We'll come around again again. Sure. Um, I guess what I'm trying to do is build community through, I guess, first responders and then my identity markers. That's basically all I want to do. Is bring so what's and first responder, help me just because I want to get sure. educated. So like firefighters, ER nurses, cops. People are Understood. And, and those people, you want to get their attention to be their lawyer? No, to be the first person that everybody thinks of, of the hottest people on the scene, to respond, to be referral. But then also the deepest relationship which you can have, which is probably mirroring um, your identity markers of like Aggie, Catholic, Sicilian, Irish. If I could have complete penetration of those audiences, I think that that would be disproportionately valuable as to going after other audiences. Okay, keep talking because I want to ground this. Working backwards, you have a law firm. And we want to get people's businesses. And so we, first responders are are incredible lead gen to that. Yes, I mean I would say uh, if they refer you, they're going out to the scene, they're helping people that have been in wrecks or in various uh, different emergency um, situations. If they know and like you and trust you from the sense that you've been doing content. Yep, I totally agree. So just as somebody who I guess, thank God, hasn't been in this scenario yet and just haven't dug in, some accident happens and the relatives that are left over that aren't at the hospital may look at a cop or a first responder and say, can you give me a lawyer right now? Who who can help us, right? Yeah. And it's cool. I just have never... Yeah, hottest to first to the customer, right? Yeah, I totally understand. Uh, have you, th- okay, have you, have you considered in parallel building the most macro brand in the general area as well with the end consumer? That's what I'm trying to do through the blogs. Mm-hmm, so I got mm-hmm. a couple cameras set up. Mm-hmm. I took your long form content. Yep. Six, six highlights, hour long, trying to get to 52 weeks so I can have full penetration. How long have you been doing it? I'm on episode, I've taped six, released four. And what are you feeling so far? It's so early, obviously. You know, it's funny, I've always thought lawyers, when I first started talking about this, I'm like, fucking lawyers, right? Because, in a good way, in a good way. Yeah. Uh, because I was thinking, you know, if you think, like I always say, what, you know, what I'm really good at is not knowing anything and asking questions, right? Curiosity and lack of education has been an incredible foundation for me. But you think about all that stuff on remnant television where the lawyers are there, right? And I'm like, you know, and then when I got older, I'm like, when I started like, just through like being in a business cocktail, you hear like some of those companies are sizable businesses. And I'm like, makes sense, right? And so when I started going to this version, no different than like, hey guys, make something that's valuable to people instead of, right? 
I was like, man, I, I even think in my earliest videos when I was talking about personal brand, I was like, be the lawyer that tells people all the real shit. Like, like, like I just feel like that's great. That makes so much sense to me. So now, we, I understand that now. So now what you're asking me is targeting capabilities that if you're in a town that all the cops are Irish American, like how do I yeah, win that? Like building basically within that. Cohorts. The, the groups doing a party once a year with the cohorts and then I'm gonna do a boxing thing where I wanna get all the lawyers in town, have every lawyer come, I'm gonna probably box in six months. <laughs> every like year I'm gonna have other people from different like factions within the lawyer community do amateur boxing. <laughs> Love it. Where are you based? Houston. So, okay, so now that I've got the landscape a lot better, what's the question? Basically, how do I build out communities of details, 100 details that either every one idea takes to execute? How do I best go about um, becoming the alpha in each one of these communities? In the psycho and demographic communities? By providing each one of them what they're looking for, either in the macro or the micro of what you do for a living. So, for you know, the reason SMB works for me so much is like I'm trying to tell them to put out content about how to fire a relative has nothing to do with their product, but I know that's a huge value to actual SMBs. I think the, the answer is, you, the way I think about that is, you take the, how many different communities do you think there are, intuitively? So there's a ton, I mean, right? But you have to narrow down to three or one or four that you can go really deep on. And I think you, what you do is you whiteboard the 10 that you think are the most meaningful, yeah, I got that. then rank them, yeah. and then really go deep in the first three of like, really spending time, whether reading, whether actually spending time, but it's the strategy and insights to make what they, like what makes them tick, and then providing that, whether through content form or event form. It's really one big game of reverse engineering. Like this was something I've wanted to do for years, but until I felt like everybody, the far majority of people would leave here ROI positive on their investment, like, the thought of like building up everything I've built up where like you two brothers don't do it and then leave and then say Gary Vee's a farce, I spent 12,000 bucks and it didn't get me anything, that's just stupid business for me. I needed to get to a place where I thought this was so overwhelmingly <laughs> ROI positive, you know? And that's how I think about everything. Literally everything. Sneakers, wine, VaynerMedia, until you're, you know, until you get to a place and so that's just what I want you to kind of do. It's like what does, what, why? The only thing that I can do that I can think of is basically copying your model, which I've done for the lawyer aspect, and I can have all my friends come in, and you can be the top lawyer guy in that community, right? But as I get more awareness in the first responder group, I would love to have a show of the firefighter comes to the car wreck. The ER nurse is the first person in the hospital having like a little drama with people throughout the community that you have different. I don't know if you want to go, you're, I mean listen, you're just a creative guy, I can already sense that, so you just may want to do that. I actually think it's a little less ER like and this. law and order. I think you make it a little bit more, so I'm a big fan, and I'm sure you guys have heard this about like hosting the party. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things you can do is just create a podcast network. So like I think you should go find two charismatic nurses and start a Houston nursing show. You're the executive producer, they're the talent, and that becomes a little viral hit in that community. You see where I'm going? Uh, I'll give you a real left field one if you wanna be super creative. You could also, this is crazy, but I would love for you to do this. I, I think this is super cool. You could actually be the live streamer of the cops and firefighters softball league. What if you acted like ESPN had six people with live streaming and actually aired the softball league games. Yeah, that would be crazy. Yeah, I mean, if you're lucky enough and you live in one of those towns where the cops do play against the firefighters, like, or you could literally create the Thanksgiving game, cops versus firefighters, get a field, get a high school to support it, film it and air it live on Facebook and own the, you know, the first responders cup. You could probably get a sponsor to come over and subsidize all your fucking fees. <laughs> you could literally throw the fucking Thanksgiving game yeah. every fucking Friday. Each like, you see where I'm That's going? What I want to do. I want to create basically the best. I think it's a lot easier to throw. 
I think the best thing you can throw is a literal podcast. It's the, the most likely thing you can pull off is a podcast network. The next more likely thing you can pull off is actually airing the softball games or the football games. The last thing you're probably likely to pull off is creating ER. You're not producing a show. Okay. That's hard as fuck. Scripted? Uh, to be like interview based. Basically. That's different. That's different. Tell me your experience. That's, di- that's different. That's different. That that's different. That's different. That's different, but less reoccurring yeah, than the things. And it'll be one off once you interview Karen. Whereas, whereas if you're doing a show for for nurses in Houston and it's just a culture of that and it's a call in show, you see where I'm going? You want to create things that are like scalable. Wine Library TV was amazing. I tasted wine, which meant I could live 400 lifetimes and never get to every wine. Right? Ask Gary V. Think about the shows I've made. The wine, Wine Library TV. Scalable in perpetuity. I can't taste every wine in my life. Not in a hundred lives. Ask Gary Vee. Unlimited questions from the audience. Forever. Daily vlog. I actually live. Just film me. There was, there was never, I never had to create. See where I'm going? See? Got it? That's what you're looking for. My man. You know, we, we're launching uh, Homeowner now. And um, we, we think that if you're a consumer right now, right, I mean, homeownership rate is at 64% in America. It's most been since the crash. 64% of Americans own a home. Adults, correct. 220 million people, 64%. It's the highest it's been in a long time. And by the way, I, I just so you know, like just to, to clearly, yeah. like when you made your comments about like owning a home and investing, yeah. like I was all about that. Because you're entrepreneurial. Yeah, right. It, it's it's yeah. all situational, right? A hundred percent. And I got where you're coming from. You mm-hmm. saying don't ever own a home. I mean, it's like you got a million ducks and you live in New York, so what are you going to put it? If I, was, if I did a better job clarifying it, uh, you did. That podcast you did the next week was. Yeah, I was glad I did that. Uh, but even funny, like what I really, really realize is the thing I'm most upset about, or like want to bring upsets on the wrong word. The thing that I would wish people do, it blows my. I did it. Everybody does it. The number one conversation is, let's stop overextending ourselves with our down payment. Right. It is unbelievable. Almost every single person, when they buy a home, think the home is such a great investment that they basically every dollar they have in liquid is their down payment. Then they get a mortgage, now they have no fucking savings and they're living for that mortgage. Brother, we live that every day. That's what I'm, that's what, like, my big thing now is like, you know how like Oprah started the whole movement for like, you know, every woman in America like go get checked up, go to the doctor on your birthday, like I'm so proud of, like that was such a smart thing. She like found a very simple way for a lot of women during the 80s and 90s and early 2000s to remember to go to the doctor. I want to like create a rule of like, whatever your net, however, however li- much liquid you have, half of that is what you're allowed to put on a down payment on your home. Cause that's where I'm seeing, that 64 is gonna be 39% when the fucking thing collapses because everyone's so overextended, they can't support the mortgage when they lose their job. Well, that, that's a, you know, there's a huge misconception in our industry that you need 20% down to own a home and that is absolutely incorrect. Um, in fact, we, we think, we, we, we always promote generally as a trusted advisor that you should put down as little as possible assuming you can afford the payment, right? Because if you're renting, you're paying 100% interest to a landlord. Yes. And that's what made everyone in Europe rich and there's no middle class. Mm-hmm. So at least now in America, it's still affordable. It's the number one way to generate wealth. And so, you know, we you don't have to have 20%. Use your cash. Cash is king. Use it for other things like investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to live somewhere and you're paying rent anyway, if you're paying 1500 bucks a month or in New York, 4000 Talk to me about that perception because I'm fascinated. Most places you don't have to put 20% down? No, if you're a veteran, it's zero. If you live in the outskirts, you get an agriculture USD loan, zero money down. FHA loans, 3.5% down, which you can get gifted from a friend. And now there's even crowdsourced GoFundMe funds allowed as kind of a pilot through Freddie Mac. If you do a conventional loan, it's 5% down. The perception, though, comes from at 20% down, you have an 80% loan to value. You don't owe mortgage insurance in addition. I see. So everyone's trying to avoid the MI. I totally understand. But, but you're trying to avoid the MI by spending all your cash, then you can't invest yourself in everything else in life. And so it's okay for your cool. your first so your first home, it's okay. Your first time home buyer is 32, okay, the average age. So to get into that house is where we want people to be because you start generating generating wealth for you, your family, generations to come. 
So, so as a consumer. Yeah, but the, isn't that an interesting, like just for my own like knowledge, I think it's an interesting debate. Like generating wealth on something that you own 80 to 95% now to pay off, you're generating an asset in 20 years, right? Sure. It's an interesting fucking debate. So, so, so but, but see, you, you actually, when you say about cash is king and not putting it down, you're actually making the argument. I, I understand, I understand, of course I understand. Because you're already paying rent anyway. I totally understand. Because don't forget, the asset appreciates over time. To, to, your, to, your, to your point, to your point, what I need to add layers to is actually the livelihood I'm thinking about living in. So like, there's a big delta between, you know, where, what you're renting, what you're buying. It's all one big game, the same thing, which is, to your point, like, um, how one uses their cash. Well, I, I love how you talked about, you know, a young entrepreneur, like these guys are perfect examples. Dude, good job, man. You're out of Boston, it's way warmer where you're at, you get to see him <laughs> once a month. But the plan, so this dude floats around, he's a little more anchored, but you float around. Yeah. So now, so I float around, I float around my whole life, I'm 42, you know, after I left Austin, I had my first place I bought in Austin, right? I mean, and, you know, so I bought, my, I bought my condo, I still own it. I rent it out. Mm-hmm. Someone's paying for that equity, mm-hmm. right? On that asset. Of course. Then I'm, then I'm, you know, I lived in Chicago, then I moved to Tampa. I was only there for six months each, moved to Fort Lauderdale. I brought multiple properties in Fort Lauderdale. I didn't sell them and use the cash to my next thing because I saved cash. Totally. All those properties are now rented out. So someone else is paying for my retirement in my winter home if I ever get so lucky. Of course, of course. Now I'm in Newport Beach and I bought another property there. So when you have that lifestyle and you can float around, Airbnb income is now a verifiable income source for you to purchase a home as an individual. Sure. And so you you touched on, on one of your videos about about you know maybe you don't want to be anchored down, but now the, the whole the industry is evolving as well. Those that don't want to anchor down, like I have, then you can just rent it out because it's always renters. I mean, there's always a renter. I pay warehouse um, renters warehouse. I pay them eighty bucks a month. They take care of it. They send me a text. How many of you done? Yep, do it. Cool. Yeah, I totally get it. Like, and someone's paying for my wealth. I love it. You know? Go ahead. Okay, so if you're a consumer and you're trying to find, you know, you're looking at about 9.3, 9.8 different places for information when you're trying to come up with buying a home online. Okay. And so those eyeballs are out there. They're on YouTube. They're on everything you've yep. talked about. Right. So <clears throat> um, then, when you want to actually engage as a quote ready buyer. You know, if you ask the first time home buyer, like, what do you think of when you think of mortgage, right? They'll be like, I don't know, um, Rocket Mortgage, right? So Rocket Mortgage is a call center in Detroit. I'm aware. That's it. So if I'm a Spanish speaker in Miami Dade, I'm gonna talk to some little white dude on a headset in Detroit to get my loan. That might not. Yeah, but be Dan a- Gilbert's ability to get somebody who can speak Spanish is not very hard. No, no, they have not to, not to. Of course they have them. Yeah. So that's that argument's not gonna play. No, but the argument though is that that local experts have local knowledge and only a local expert, right? So so we want to bring this back down to the community level, right? So you know, you, you're you in your community. We're all deeply rooted in our community. A real estate agent or a loan originator has knowledge in their brain about their local community, like that's a good neighborhood, that's a bad neighborhood, here's how you manage your debt. Okay, I know where you work, I know where you're going. I got a hedge guy, this is the bad school, this is the good school, all those things. Yep. Those, those knowledge bases right there, they aren't out there in the FinTech world. I understand. They're built up over living in a community for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. What, what, the, what the FinTech companies are gonna do is win the top of the funnel and then address those things underneath. That's right. But, but that's right. So, so there's a commoditization going on in our industry. Correct. It's mostly driven by price. But, Correct. But the difference between- And brand. This is this is this is my whole argument. Like you're not gonna beat technology. The only thing that's gonna allow anybody to survive as things get commoditized and driven down, the internet will drive everything to the lowest dollar. And you're not gonna beat somebody who's much more well funded than you. The only thing that plays is brand. Agreed. Which is why we're here. And all these fintech companies, they're they're not they're not coming here. They aren't. Our business is filled with old stodgy bankers, right? Like, so like I brand myself and my reputation, as you put it, on LinkedIn. And so I put out videos of myself. I'm the only C-level executive in our industry, the only owner of a mortgage lender that's literally talking about like, um, hey, I went to this mortgage event last week and I saw Darren Hardy speak and he said this, this, and this. You know, and, um, and you know, by the way, when you're in a business meeting and it isn't funny how you know someone who's like, you know, grabbing the eye or scratching the nose and you know you're about to shake that person's hand, let's just be self-aware of something like that. So I don't want a little humor with that. I cannot tell you, I go everywhere and I get all these just 
dude, I love your videos, I love your content, it's hilarious. It's, of course. You know, and so yes, so brand, that's me branding to our subscriber network. You're talking about the end user, I understand. Yeah, I need them to, they're gonna pay $4.95 a month to start. We already have about 270 subscribers. <coughs> the game plan is to have 7,500 real estate agents and 7,500 loan originators within three years. We think that's super doable. We need to brand to the consumer. And that's, that's this part, this is what I'm here for this, is I want the consumer to know. So with your consumer, when you think mortgage, you think Rocket Mortgage, you might say Lending Tree because there's some branding out there. Well, or, or you just might say, I don't know. And so the, the then, mind, which is mind which means which means then you go to Google and then it becomes a toll booth game. Your industry and much many service providers for the last 15 years have been playing one big game of whoever was the layer above Google itself, one the next tier, one. Open table, billion dollar company, priceline, Angie's list, home advisor. This is all the same shit. Yep. Google was the toll booth. Everybody that was localized or was a big player before was, was emotional on why they're better than the internet. Some people got funding, won Google search, and became the fucking winners. And right now, it's clicking. They bought all the AdWords. I'm, a, I'm aware. Me, I'm aware. Time. But I don't want to be a necessarily search. I love all the other stuff. So you, can't do, you can't do search. It it's too expensive for you. Search, if I was Gary Vee in 2000, I built on search. Everybody's like, he won on social. I won on search and email. The reason I, I won bigger on social because I'm like, oh, this is the same thing. And this time I got smart. I'm like, I'm going to invest in this shit. Right? Then that's how I won. Then the next tier was, fuck it. I'm going to do it to myself. I'm going to become the top of the funnel because then I can fucking open a wine or a sneaker or fucking, I can open a vein or anything and be a player. I can build a real real estate brokerage right now Vayner Realty, help you build your personal brand, that's the only thing that actually matters, and I'm gonna take a smaller cut than Remax. I'm a problem. You are. I'm aware. So that's, that's why I'm excited about this conversation. So. So the economics are gonna play itself out. This is not an economic play. Brother, this you, you've got this figured out. Play. You know what I mean? It's only that. Yeah. And so I like where this conversation's going because I think you've got the groundwork. Now let me give you the answer. Everything for you has to be building the brand in places that are underpriced that you can afford. So, step number one, giving this verbatim. You have to go hit up every single mortgage and real estate podcast that exists. Email them, I don't care fuck if they have eight fucking listeners, email them and offer them as little money as possible for them to live read your commercial at the top of the podcast. And that goes for all of you. Like, small business shows, Lawyer show, like, I don't give a fuck if they're in Denver. Like, shit's funny how it actually trickles down. Um, so you need to win podcast pre-roll because I think it's grossly underpriced because nobody knows what it costs. So that's huge. YouTube videos targeted against search queries from Google. The place where Quicken and OpenTable and all those guys haven't gotten to yet at the scale that makes it impossible for you is YouTube pre-roll based on search query on Google. If you then can use your personality or whatever else you come up with, whatever your Geico or MetLife is, right? MetLife decided to use Snoopy, Geico decided to every six months do something funny. If you have that as a pre-roll, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk goes and looks for home or whatever terms are important in your world but then goes watches a Jets video on YouTube but Google has both sides of that funnel and you're pre-rolling and you're like, are you in the market for a home? I'm like, I am. Before I watch that Jets video, that's another play that will absolutely work for you. But most of all, this is for all of you as well, becoming the media company, you become the toll booth. You become Google instead of being the second tier. That's why I built Gary Vee. Because this is all going to Alexa. This is all going to, I mean, this is how it's gonna work. Hey Alexa, I need a mortgage. Amazon's the problem. Trust me, I'm, I'm Hey Google, I need a chiropractor. That's how it's gonna work. And unless you're in the business of, you know, if it's like, hey Alexa, I need a social media agency, Alexa's the problem. Hey Alexa, what's VaynerMedia's phone number? That's the difference. That's all that's gonna be left. That's all that's gonna be left. Will it get to your industry? Will it get there fast enough that you give a fuck financially? But in the end, that's the world. Brand, nothing else.
That's what it is. That's what you have to do. That's why content matters. That's why building your personal brand matters. Building your company matters. Content, content, content. Because that's your only leverage against highly funded, multi-trillion dollar funded, global companies that are gonna try to get everything. Great. So we're branding ourselves. We're, we're trying a couple different uh, methods. We're starting with YouTube videos. Like for example, if you searched, um, you know, five, the five things you should know about um, being a first time home buyer or six pitfalls to avoid yep. when listing a home. You know, so we're, we're putting out video content. Um, our, first, uh, our first wave, I guess, if you will, of marketing and building these data funnels is um, using Sabrina Bryan as our spokesperson from Cheetah Girls, um, just because she's free and she's part of our, she's a friend of ours. So, um, and, and she's got a wholesome brand. Sounds right to me. Uh, we also have free a, and wholesome. Sounds great, right? <laughs> so, you know, if if someone if someone picks that video and they come in, we know they're either looking to buy a home or looking to list a home, and then we know we can filter them out on our website. So, it again, the idea is to give a consumer like if you go to LendingTree, you go to Zillow, you go to Rocket Mortgage, just to talk to someone there. Just to talk to someone, you have to enter all this information. I understand. So we're not doing any of that. Smart. We're freely giving away every single piece I, of information. I think that's right. I think that's right. Through the ads. I think that's right. And then the consumer chooses, okay, well. Couldn't agree here, more. Here's everyone in my zip code. Or my Brother, zip code. whoever brings the most value to a customer wins. Okay. And what the last generation was about was give me your data before anybody knew how much data was worth right. and I'll give you free stuff and we were all pumped. I mean, you, got, you know, you, some of you are too young, but like, for real, like, it was like, whoa, 2002, 2001, 2003, four, like, I'll give my email and name, but I get this for free instead of buying it in a magazine for nine bucks? It was amazing. Now we understand that data's invaluable. We're more reserved. We're a little more thoughtful. We'll give it. I still think we're giving it. The privacy thing is grossly overrated. We don't give a fuck. We don't. We're doing it every day. The mainstream media is trying to make us scared every day. We put all our fucking information every day. We're, we want convenience. The reason I like yours is not so much that I'm giving up the information. I just don't want to give up the two minutes to fill out all the shit. Time. But they do at some point. Of course. Right. When you transact, you're giving information. But the fact that you're putting it in the front, it's what I do. I give away all my best stuff for free in perpetuity with maybe some rationale eventually something might happen. I'm playing the ultimate game of it, right? The bad version of me is I give a little and then it's really a funnel for you to pay me $4,000 a month to be in my mastermind, right? Or I'll be scalable and sell you a $197 ebook on how to do this. Those guys. Those guys. We we struggle a little bit with, uh, with how, whether to brand Individually, one of our co-founders, or whether we should, you know, like you both. Said, yeah. The answer to all of you is oh, both. Okay, cool. Because Angie List kind of has Angie up both. the Both. Then she has everyone. Both. Okay, cool. That's okay. It's 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 not only okay. It's a priority, and my recommendation. Some people like the person, and some people don't. Thus, you should do both. Some people love the idea of like doing business with the person they see on the other side of the video. Some people like to think that it's an organization. My, no friction for the end user. That is my religion. Well, I don't want to dominate time. I may think of some other things, but I, I want to say, you know, I just, I just got this um, Samsung S10 Plus with one terabyte of internal memory, by the way. And uh, it came with TikTok. And you've been talking about TikTok. And um, it's amazing the amount of views and eyeballs that are on that. I mean, incredible. They just happen to be eight to 12 years old. Right, well, eight, well 18 to 24, there's a... There is, but not, like... Like, like NBA is on that, like I follow... Of course, but, but, but 18 to 24 is on Instagram. So, like, TikTok is eight to 12. Well, I'm not saying that, maybe not showing that. No, no, listen, I mean, I think, I think that, well, don't confuse the content producer That's with the content consumer. Okay, got it. Okay, got it? You're not seeing it because people are producing, I mean, I'm producing TikTok. Because I want nine-year-olds to be Gary Vee fans now. I'm super, well that's going fucking five. Yeah. Because a nine-year-old is doing business, like, like I genuinely think that there's a very substantial chance that one of my biggest investment payoffs will be somebody who's nine years old now and when she or he is building the next Facebook, demands 
that I'm an investor and that I will be able to talk on stage in 21 years that my $2 billion exit on the Amazon of its day was predicated because I was making TikTok and Lil V content and that became the gateway drug to Sarah wanting me to be an investor and that's how I got the deal. And we want that long game as well. Yeah, I mean like, I don't don't understand how people don't, I'm 43, like, like in like 12 years, I'm gonna be 55. Like I'm gonna be young, I'm gonna be young. People don't think long term. So it's like TikTok's a waste of time, I'm like cool, I'll take all those customers. I'm not selling any nine year old wine now. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> exactly. But, but we will at some point and we want that mind share. If nothing, nothing else, you'll see a trend in there that makes you a better creator on Instagram. People don't see hidden value, it's like this hidden cost. People are too literal. That's what they said about social media as a whole. The reason nobody went into social media was it was for kids. That's what Facebook was. Facebook literally was made fun of on a daily basis in real business because I was in real business for being for kids. Now it's only for 60 to 80 year olds. (laughs) (laughs) So you. you talk about brand. I'm confused about the right hook aspect of it. Good. So I'm building brand, building brand, building brand, and I've provided solutions to people, solutions they can buy what I'm using, uh, but I don't, I haven't, we talked a lot about earlier this morning about advertising and taking advantage of the opportunity. What's your, what's your take? I mean, how do you you it? So real quick, real quick, one thing is it's working. Sure. I think you might be thinking, I'm gonna give you a different perspective that I think you're gonna enjoy. I think you should amplify your jabs, not your right hooks. That's it. So spend money on the jab. Because the jab I do, people buy the stuff and I don't even talk about it. It's magical, right? You're more Larry Holmes than you're Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm cool with that, right? Me too. Larry Holmes held the title longer than Mike Tyson. Second question, building building a media team. Yes. Not knowing. That first part really resonated with you, right? Yeah. You got it? I got it. You're done. You're set. You properly thought about amplifying, because advertising, you know, I'm getting goosebumps. Advertising comes synonymous with selling. So you were like, fuck, okay, I'm gonna spend money. In general, I don't like throwing right hooks, because I'm so good at jet, right? You're like, fuck, what am I gonna do? That's, isn't that fun? I'll get one out of 100,000 comments that says, You sold that. You're selling. Yeah. Dude, I still get mad about that. I get it. I get it. I'm the same way. That's why I wrote the fucking book. I literally thought about it so much from 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11. I finally got to. What's ironic about Jab, 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 Right Hook was on paper, it seemed like I was trying to help all the people who are always selling, which I was. It's like, slow it down, like a little romance, you know? Ironically, it ended up helping more people that were all jabbing. You and I are probably unique in the fact that our jabs, back to Larry Holmes, are so effective that we win. There's a whole group of people who just give, 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 and they actually have to ask. And they were scared to ask. A lot of people aren't natural salespeople. A lot of people are scared to make that move. It was really funny to watch it play out. I, didn't really, I absolutely thought it was gonna be all the, those guys, be like slow it down, a little romance, right? Like give value. It ended up being a bigger breakthrough for people that were giving value but not making any money because they didn't know how to ask. It's interesting. Anyway, you're gonna kill by amplifying jabs. Because you're clearly bringing value. Brother, the only reason you're selling so much stuff is because you're bringing so much value. Mm-hmm. I get that. I'm, so I want you to make more people see the thing that you're bringing value in. I spend all my ad, 80% of my ad money, excuse me, unless I'm selling sneakers or wine, just to, cause I'm learning. Plus I have a unique life where I have to use myself to understand certain things that I have to use for the agency. So I'm even doing things that I don't necessarily wanna be doing, like selling wine and sneakers at some level because it helps us so much with Vayner. Because my clients care about selling product. But I spend almost all my ad money on the content that organically shows me it's doing best and brings the most value, 
and then I spend my own money to help more people get value because I know it resonates with people. And then when you have something to sell, it turns. That's right. Don't don't advertise. My big thing where I really made out, and this is where it's a little bit different potentially for what I know about you, is I don't need to sell a single thing as Gary Vee because I actually run VaynerMedia. I really fucking put myself in a good spot where I have zero need to monetize my audience. So does my retail business, is that a standalone business? Yes. That's where it can get real good. Mm-hmm. Though I like what I'm hearing in the relationship you have with your audience. Seems like it's organic. Seems like you're selling things you believe in. Listen, nothing is more exciting than selling something you believe in. The, the second you get paid a million dollars under the table to even sell the glue, that's when you're fucked. But if you're actually selling something you actually believe in, you'll fucking win. My biggest problem with people is they sell something they don't believe in. They just, it's the thing that they've stumbled into. It's the thing that they just think they'll make the most money on. That's the thing that makes them most vulnerable super long term. If you fucking love it and you believe in it, there's a lot of things I could be selling that would make me a lot more money, you know? Sure. I love when people, when I do track, like I do things I want to be doing. Like I love showing people how to, that have 20 bucks how to like start living their life with more money. That's why I do trash talk. There's literally people that leave comments like, Gary Vee, this is not gonna help you buy the Jets. No shit, dick. I understand that eight hours of my time is not making $309 is not necessarily the mathematical equation to get to the Jets. But is it? Because if I help 40 million people live a much better life, if I'm $200 million short, when the time comes, can I crowdfund the last part? I think so. You got me to buy your wine. Just on your free advice. I'm completely convinced, but when the time comes, this whole country is gonna demand that I own the Jets, not want it. (laughs) I really believe that. I really genuinely believe that. Full penetration. Full penetration. Completely massive awareness. I still would much prefer to be capable of doing it myself because I don't like to ask, which is really a funny thing if like then I ask the whole world. You know, it's like almost like back to who I am, pulling from opposite directions. So that's what I think. Fascinating. Building a media team. Yes. Doing it yourself or hiring a... Yes. Oh, uh, I always think you should do it yourself Mm -hmm. because I always think like, I'm just a big fan of that in general, you know, we obviously aspire to be the best. Like, Vayner is one big attempt to do something I don't believe in. Right. Like, I believe that everybody should do everything themselves. You learn, it's cheaper, you figure it out. And, and my ambition, it's back to like, like almost like this fun world I live in. And so what Vayner's entire, Sasha for sure, Vayner for sure, is if you have to, how do I create the greatest solution to something I don't believe in? That's why it's working. It took me a while to realize that's what I was doing. Yeah, I see it. I see that how, why I have that. I have you know, three media people hire young, smart, talented people and then make them better than they could ever be on their own. Uh, but you make a lot of mistakes along You do, the way. you do, and I think that's why we build Vayner Talent. We're starting to understand it. Um, we're starting to think about it differently. We have a new product we're gonna roll out on the gallery media side to help people start their podcasts. There's stuff I'm figuring out. I think of myself as like, like the Incredible Hulk, right? Like I was a scientist, I had this thesis, and I don't remember exactly, was it by accident? But like to me, I'm like, I'm taking my own, like the way I decided to prove to the whole world that I was super right about how to brand was to make myself the most famous fucking person in America. From a place where people didn't think you could build that kind of level of fame. And that's kind of like the process I'm in. I think one day that whole trajectory of like first you do marketing for your own business, then you do it for others, then you do it back for yourself. Like I almost think like there'll, like there'll be a model named after me because I think there's a lot of people that will do it like me. Yeah. Let me give you an insight that might help you with this next chapter where you're building out the agency. Don't be scared for people to leave once you build them up. Most people walk that fine line. Like if you build up Carol or the shop, well then, Gary can hire them for Sasha. And that's where people lose. You need to create a system that everybody wants to go into. That's how I think about it. The reason I'm willing to like build up D-Rock and you know, and I'm happy that Babin got the Adobe thing and like, you know, Claude and James and like like the reason I do that is because 
first of all, you have to be confident that you're bigger than all of it. To be, if anybody's better than you, you already got a problem. Second, humans are animals. They'll sense if you're suppressing it. And because karma's good. Like if you, if you helped Carol get put on and she gets a $60,000 raise and move, gets to move back to San Francisco where her family is, that's just putting good into the world. You don't pay her the 60. I've re- I mean, look, I've been more than happy to not want to lose a good executive, but, but I don't pay ransom. For sure. Anybody that even, if they're the number one all-time person and they come in with ransom DNA, like vibes, it's already over. I've always laughed about that when somebody comes and goes, Gary, I gotta talk to you. The other play, you know, I'm like, you're fine. Like, like, if they could, like, it's already, like, they could, they could be the single most important person, they're, in de- they're already gone, because I'm not, that's just gonna make me unhappy. That makes me feel like a fucking loser. So that's number one. Number two, if they come in and say, hey, I love when they come in and try to make me part of the process. I'll overpay if you come at me correctly. Hey, I love it here. You've been such a mentor. I've got this crazy opportunity. It's hard. I've got college loans. Like I've sometimes thought somebody was a C and paid up because I like the way they came at me. <laughs> and, then, and then sometimes you let them walk because you can't afford it. The Delta... And you know, they're overrated by their association with the best. So there's a lot of people here who think they're a lot better than they are because they're associated with me. And sometimes you can't close that delta. And you're happy for them. That wasn't like a, that, yeah, it was a little bit of a razz, but it was far more of a, I'm happy. I'm like, oh, like you're going to a competitor and making fucking 55% more because you're wearing a Vayner jersey and they need that DNA in the building. I'm happy for, I'm happy. Listen, good is good. There are people who've literally, on the way out of here, because we fired them, but I let them control their communications, have told people that they're quitting, have said that I'm the biggest piece of shit of all time and I'm completely full of shit, burned everything around them in their last week before they left, and three years later are referring business to us. Because, Because if you're right, if you're in a good place, you're in a good place. Of course people are gonna go to Glassdoor and tell everybody VaynerMedia sucks or their best friend that VaynerMedia sucks when they get fired. People don't like getting fired. Who likes getting fired? Nobody thinks you're right. But over time, they get context. And as long as I am kind and my intent is right and I'm trying to do the right things, that plays out. And I'm okay with being judged, definitely by the outside, you know, that comment, right? but even willing to be judged with people that should know better because they're right here because they're in pain at the, at the time. Thanks guys for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed and more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching. <laughs> Have a great day.